September 24th. Our reading in the Old Testament today will be from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 14. We'll go through chapter 45, verse 10. You know, there's no reason to be afraid when you realize what God has done for you. He formed you, and He made you for Himself and for His glory. When you trusted Jesus Christ, God redeemed you. He blotted out all your sins. He is the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. He loves you, and He knows your name. What a privilege to belong to such a great, glorious, and gracious God. Even more, God promises to be with you and take you through the water and the fire. At the Exodus, He took Israel through the Red Sea and defeated the Egyptian army. He can take you through whatever hard road you're going on right now. He is able. You can trust Him. Perhaps the three Hebrew heroes claimed this promise when they faced the fiery furnace. In spite of all the ministry He shares with us, God does not get weary as we do, but we can weary Him with our empty religious ritual and our sins. Listen, you're precious in His sight. Don't ever doubt that. You're precious to Him. So don't cheapen yourself by disobeying Him. In chapter 44, as we read today, we'll read about the faithfulness of God. Once again, God reminds His people that He formed them, chose them, and He would help them. There is no need to be afraid, for God meets every need and keeps every promise. He knows what lies ahead, and He helps you prepare yourself to meet it. We'll uh, read about the folly of idolatry. Israel learned in Babylon the futility and folly of idolatry, how easy it is to trust something other than the Lord. And we'll read about the future of Israel. Just like the exodus from Egypt, the nation's exodus from Babylon would be a time of redemption and rejoicing, and God would confirm His word to His people. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the Old Testament. September 24th. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 14, through chapter 45, verse 10. The Lord, your Israel's Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, says, For your sakes I will send an invading army against Babylon, and the Babylonians will be forced to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness for my people to come home. I will create rivers for them in the desert. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and ostriches too, for giving them water in the wilderness. Yes, I will make springs in the desert, so that my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will some day honor me before the whole world. But, my dear people, you refuse to ask for my help. You have grown tired of me. You have not brought me lambs for burnt offerings, 
You have not honored me with sacrifices. Though I have not burdened and wearied you with my requests for grain offerings and incense. You have not brought me fragrant incense or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. I, yes, I alone, am the one who blots out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together, and you can present your case if you have one. From the very beginning your ancestors sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. That is why I have disgraced your priests and assigned Israel a future of complete destruction and shame. But now listen to me, Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. The Lord who made you and helps you says, O Jacob, my servant, do not be afraid. O Israel, my chosen one, do not fear. For I will give you abundant water to quench your thirst and to moisten your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit and my blessings on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a river bank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the honored name of Israel as their own. This is what the Lord, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, says. I am the first and the last. There is no other God. Who else can tell you what is going to happen in the days ahead? Let them do as I have done since ancient times. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Have I not proclaimed from ages past what my purposes are for you? You are my witnesses. Is there any other God? No, there is no other rock, not one. How foolish are those who manufacture idols to be their gods. These highly valued objects are really worthless. They themselves are witnesses that this is so, for their idols neither see nor know. No wonder those who worship them are put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own god? an idol that cannot help him one bit. All who worship idols will stand before the Lord in shame, along with all these craftsmen, mere humans, who claim they can make a god. Together they will stand in terror and shame. The blacksmith stands at his forge to make a sharp tool, pounding and shaping it with all his might. His work makes him hungry and thirsty, weak and faint. Then the woodcarver measures and marks out a block of wood, takes the tool, and carves the figure of a man. Now he has a wonderful idol that cannot even move from where it is placed. He cuts down cedars. He selects the cypress and the oak. He plants the cedar in the forest to be nourished by the rain. And after his care, he uses part of the wood to make a fire to warm himself and bake his bread. Then, yes, it's true, he takes the rest of it and makes himself a god for people to worship. He makes an idol and bows down and praises it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm. Then he takes what's left and makes his god a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says. You are my god. Such stupidity and ignorance. Their eyes are closed, and they cannot see. 
Their minds are shut, and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect. Why, it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Should I bow down to worship a chunk of wood? The poor, deluded fool feeds on ashes. He is trusting something that can give him no help at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, Is this thing, this idol that I'm holding in my hand, a lie? Pay attention, O Israel, for you are my servant. I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget to help you. I have swept away your sins like the morning mists. I have scattered your offenses like the clouds. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done this wondrous thing. Shout, O earth, break forth into song, O mountains and forests and every tree. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and is glorified in Israel. The Lord, your Redeemer and Creator, says, I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. By myself I made the earth and everything in it. I am the one who exposes the false prophets as liars by causing events to happen that are contrary to their predictions. I cause wise people to give bad advice, thus proving them to be fools. But I carry out the predictions of my prophets. When they say Jerusalem will be saved, and the towns of Judah will be lived in once again, it will be done. When I speak to the rivers and say, Be dry, they will be dry. When I say of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, he will certainly do as I say. He will command that Jerusalem be rebuilt and that the temple be restored. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never again to shut against him. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant. Israel, my chosen one. I called you by name when you did not know me. I am the Lord. There is no other God. I have prepared you, even though you do not know me, so all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I am the one who creates the light and makes the darkness. I am the one who sends good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide, so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. Destruction is certain for those who argue with their Creator. Does a clay pot ever argue with its Maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop! You are doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? 
how terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father and mother, Why was I born? Why did you make me this way? September 24th. Now as we turn our attention to the New Testament, we'll be reading in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. We'll read about a purpose for this reason, Scripture says. Refers to what Paul wrote at the end of chapter 2, the building of the church. Now that was the purpose behind his praying and his ministering. Jesus said, I will build my church. But he uses people, you and me, to help get the job done. Is the building of the church your motivation to pray and serve? And the word Gentiles uh, put Paul in prison. God gave him a special commission uh, to evangelize the Gentiles and to explain to both Jews and Gentiles God's mystery, the sacred secret in Christ. Believing Jews and Gentiles are one and share the same spiritual riches. As he builds his church in this world, God is putting things together. Are you helping him? Are you involved? We'll also read about a prayer. This prayer is for spiritual vision, to see and lay hold of the greatness of God's love and power. God wants you to be concerned about the whole building, the whole family, that is, the whole body, and all the saints. Is narrowness in your life leading to shallowness and weakness? Well, with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. September 24th. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ Jesus because of my preaching to you Gentiles. As you already know, God has given me this special ministry of announcing His favor to you Gentiles. As I briefly mentioned earlier in this letter, God Himself revealed His secret plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand what I know about this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now He has revealed it by the Holy Spirit to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is the secret plan. The Gentiles have an equal share with the Jews in all the riches inherited by God's children. Both groups have believed the good news, and both are part of the same body and enjoy together the promise of blessings through Christ Jesus. By God's special favor and mighty power, I have been given the wonderful privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. Just think, though I did nothing to deserve it, and though I am the least deserving Christian there is, I was chosen for this special joy of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this plan that God the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose was to show His wisdom in all its rich variety to all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. They will see this when Jews and Gentiles are joined together in His church. This was His plan from all eternity. And it has now been carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ, and our faith in Him, we can now come fearlessly into God's presence, assured of His glad welcome. So please don't despair because of what they are doing to me here. It is for you that I am suffering, so you should feel honored and encouraged. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father 
the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will give you mighty inner strength through His Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust Him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now glory be to God. By His mighty power at work within us, He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. May He be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever, through endless ages. Amen. Psalm 68, verses 1 through 18. Now this victory psalm celebrated how God blew the enemy away like smoke and melted them like wax. It pictures three triumphal processions. The victorious nation. Great victories were nothing new to Israel, for God had been with them from the beginning. Have you reviewed lately all that God has done for you? In his chapter-by-chapter Bible commentary, Warren Wearsby talks about the victorious Savior. Paul quoted verse 18 in Ephesians 4.8 and applied it to the ascension of Jesus Christ. Believers today are part of a spiritual army marching in a triumphal procession and claiming their inheritance. They are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, using their spiritual gifts to serve Him on earth. What a victory! And we'll also read about the victorious singers. The happy procession reached the sanctuary where they lifted their praises to God and asked for His continued strength as new enemies attacked. Psalm 68, verses 1-18 through For the choir director, a psalm of David, a song. Arise, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Drive them off like smoke blown by the wind. Melt them like wax in fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But for rebels, there is only famine and distress. O God, when You led Your people from Egypt, when You marched through the wilderness, the earth trembled and the heavens poured rain before you, the God of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary promised land. There your people finally settled, and with a bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people. The Lord announces victory, and throngs of women shout the happy news. Enemy kings and their armies flee. 
while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Though they lived among the sheepfolds, now they are covered with silver and gold, as a dove is covered by its wings. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings, like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zalmon. The majestic mountains of Bashan stretch high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord Himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into His sanctuary. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives. You received gifts from the people, even from those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us here. Proverbs 24, verses 1 and 2. Don't envy evil people. Don't desire their company. For they spend their days plotting violence, and their words are always stirring up trouble.